place in the you World Cup. For us. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Fox Football Podcast. I'm Adam Peacock and this podcast is brought to you by EA Sports FIFA 21. Winners won. It's out now. Now, it's a special edition because next week is Indigenous Football Week. And with that in mind, I'm talking to two people heavily invested in helping Indigenous youth throughout Australia by way of sport and education. John Moriarty Football is a wonderful program. It's the brainchild of John Moriarty, who went from a remote community in the Northern Territory to being part of the Stolen Generation, to finding football by accident, and he's lived this amazing life that we'll hear more about in a moment, and now he's helping so many others. My other guest is a man who is right behind this program as patron, and you'll know him from another sporting field. It's a seven-point lead. Jack can take it to 50. Looks up. He's got options. Goods is one of them. Play fair. Goods! Oh, what a grab. Out wide. Goods is the target. Oh, Goods! Big fly bird. Goods. Could he roll it through? He can! Cometh the moment. Cometh the champion. Adam Goods, great to have you part of the Fox Football Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And John Moriarty, thank you for your time as well. And John, I'll start with you. Congratulations on how the football program is going. Just give us an idea about how it is all going from your perspective and what is big for you. What is important for you with Indigenous Football Week on the way? Well, Indigenous Football Week, I think, is great for us and for the kids because it um, brings them together and also... um, uh, it's been going for five years. We've had ours going for five years now, so it's building up, and uh, we hope that uh, it'll increase as well. But yes, it's very good for us and good for the kids to mix and meet with others, and um, that way you can inspire them. And we've got this team from Ballula going to Tennant Creek to play um, uh, there for the Indigenous Football Week uh, from 9th to the 15th of November. And there's a big gala day uh, in New South Wales, Dubbo as well, on November 14, which I'm sure you're, you're looking forward to. Adam, over to you. Um, how did you get involved in it? It's great to have you involved in, in football. I know you're, you're playing a bit of over 35s and, and all of that, um, but involved in this program and involved in this initiative. Yeah, I think for me, um, Adam, is, you know, football has been my passion and love from a very young age. I grew up playing football. I... Um, been following football my whole life. Every time at AFL training, every time they got the soccer ball out to have a kick around, you know, I was loving it. And I just wanted to keep playing it. And so I've gone full circle now back into the game the last three seasons and been playing six aside for the last five years. Um, you know, just reinvented my love of the game to actually play it. You know, supporting it is always one thing, but to actually get out there and play it and um, to learn the skills and, um, you know, both sides of the body, the, the, the defending, the zoning. Um, yeah, I just really missed it. And it's just great to be back out there playing again at a pretty competitive level. And, um, you know, it's just something that I've always wanted to get back into. And I think, you know, when, when John and his team asked me if I'd love to be the patron of the Indigenous Football Week, I saw it as another opportunity to, to give back. And I've always been a person that wants to give back and, and hopefully inspire um, some of those younger footballers out there who are just starting their journey. And, you know, I played up until I was 13, 
you know, found this other game AFL, um, had a career in that, but now I'm back to, to the game. So for me, um, soccer um, was incredible fun, um, playing with all my friends, um, getting to travel whilst doing it as well. Um, but it was great, it was great from a skill point of view, but it's still team sport. And for me, team sport is an incredible vehicle for our people in particular, but for most children, to teach them about discipline, hard work, leadership, um, you know, being a good team player um, and, and responsibility. Yeah, before we get into the details about the foundation and, and, and John Moriarty football as well, about getting the most out of it, Adam, I do need to touch on the fact that I played once in a charity game and I saw you play for the first time and I went, I'm not going to say you say you missed your calling given all you achieved in footy, but there could have been a possibility of something good in the in the sport if you, if you kind of hung around, if you know what I mean. Yeah, look, I, I always like to think, you know, could I be like a Del Piero who came and that was the highlight of my, um, you know, um, a-League, when Del Piero came to Australia, I did not miss a game that he played in Sydney. I even left Benny McGlynn's engagement party at the Clove Valley Hotel halfway through. The boys like, where are you going? I said, Del Piero's playing Adelaide um, tonight at the footy stadium. I've got to go watch. I, I reckon he's going to get a hat-trick. I think he scored a hat-trick before half-time. He's scored five for the game. And, you know, that's just the passion and love that I have for the game. You know, when these greats of the world come to Australia to play, um, albeit, you know, in the twilight years. For me, um, you know, it's incredible just to see the best um, and even the best of their own era. Um, and here in Australia, you know, we're starting to develop some of the best players in the world. And, you know, what I want to see is, you know, some of those best players in the world being Indigenous players. Absolutely. John, um, before I ask you one more question, have you seen Adam kick a football and around football and, and what do you make of it, mate? And is there any instructions you can pass on to him? Because we never stop learning in this game, do we? No, you don't. But no, I haven't seen him play. But I'll, I'll go and see him when I have the opportunity, Adam. If you can let me know, it'd be great. Uh, I'm not sure about six aside, but... Uh... Yes, yes. You'll have to get in early, John. The tickets get sold out every week. <laughs> There's dog walkers all around the parks that he plays in now that um, kind of take up all the space. Um, John, so the important part of this chat, um, Indigenous football in Australia, how do you see it? I mean, there's figures at the top level, but the the work that you do is not just focused on trying to get young kids into A-League or W-League environments. It's about enjoyment and, and finding their way in life and helping finding their way in life. Where do, you, where do you see Indigenous football, the relationship between Indigenous Australia at the moment and the sport that we all love, football? Uh, at the very um, grassroots level, uh, we're not playing very much, but a few, quite a few uh, communities play it still. And um, uh, there's no opportunities for them to uh, develop the game from that area. So upwards at this point in time. And our program, of course, works in the 6 to 16-year-olds. Hopefully we can um, uh, bring some of those uh, programs, particularly as we expand our program, and we've got it in uh, Dubbo and Coranda region, and of course the Northern Territory, Tennant and uh, Creek and uh, and Bouloon and Robinson River. It's those sort of areas we think that can bring those kids up, and if they uh, can uh, aspire to do those things and have the opportunities to do it, 
I think the, great, the game will open up so many avenues for them. And of course, like, you know, if Adam was playing now uh, at his skills, uh, he would have been offered a, a huge contract overseas and would have been uh, well paid for that. But uh, the coverage that he would have uh, received would have been phenomenal. And because I grew up in those era when, um, you know, I was just a, a young fellow uh, starting the game and the game wasn't that great, but it gave me great opportunities. But the game, I think, will give a lot of uh, Aboriginal kids opportunities to move forward. Uh, as Adam said, uh, once you uh, make those uh, moves, I think you'll keep going, particularly if you want to aspire to achieve not only your sport, uh, uh, skills uh, at a high level, but also for the uh, educational side and the well-being side. Uh, John, your stories can't be told enough, in my opinion, as well. It's, it's, it's like an Indigenous kid from Northern Territory finding his way in the sport that, you know, you wouldn't imagine that you would be um, be able to find your way in. And you, you end up in Adelaide playing for what is now Adelaide City and a few other clubs as well. How did you firstly, fall in love with the game and then also stay in love with the game to be able to do what you're doing now? Well, uh, we were uh, in a home in South Australia, St Francis House in Semaphore, and there was a soccer ground next door. And uh, we watched the state intermediate team play and we were sitting on the, our stone fence there uh, watching them and having a bit of a chuckle at the game and uh, so on. And... Um, and thought it was a great game. But uh, at the end of the uh, training period, the coach, uh, uh, Mr. Telfer, said, would, would you boys like to give us a warm-up? Warm down, I should say, uh, uh, to give our kids, um, our team, uh, that warm-down aspect after all training, heavy training program. And the bigger boys said, yes, we'll do that. Uh, so we went out there and uh, we had no shoes. Uh, but we played them and beat them about eight nil or something like that. <laughs> so it was a good start, you know. And uh, Mr. Telfer went around to the boys and, and asked each one, said, would you like to play with us? And came around to me and asked me that question. I said, no, thank you, sir. So he went around again and came around back to me. And uh, before I could say no, he said, we'll buy you a pair of boots. And that's what got me into the game. So I played for Port Thistle, Port Adelaide, then Juventus, which is the Italian team. And um, my first um, uh, uh, time I represented um, South Australia, played 17 games for them. Uh, in those days, they had those state programs, which um, uh, these interstate games are very important. But... Uh, uh, I played 17 games for South Australia, then uh, moved uh, you know, into a new era. And uh, there was time when I was invited to play uh, in England uh, with Everton, Tottenham and Arsenal. But I said, no, I've got to finish my apprenticeship first, which is fitting and turning. And I thought I'm going to have some sort of qualifications. But once I did that, uh, I went over to Europe, but then I had to look around because I couldn't trial in mid-season. And it's that type of uh, background that I had in those days. And uh, the teams uh, that I played for said, uh, would you like to come back and play in our championships? We'll fly you back. And uh, I did fly back because I thought, uh, 
one thing that I really wanted to do was to get an education to uh, go into uh, the new world that I had just experienced in Europe because I was accepted as a normal person traveling here and there and uh, uh, being accepted uh, uh, whatever uh, I mixed and met with people I thought I'll do that I went, came back to Australia to Adelaide to represent our team there and then um, uh, I decided to go to university and uh, change my uh, approach to the uh, how I was with, with the sport and that's how I moved away from the sport, our game, and it, it was an injury that put me out too, uh, so I couldn't continue and that's one of the main reasons why I couldn't uh, continue with my uh, sport. But it gave me a great start in life, Adam, and it was uh, one of those things I'd like uh, other Aboriginal people to uh, have that experience and it can open up many doors for them. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, world's a pretty big place and when you get it opened up to by football, it, um, there's boundless opportunities. Shame it wasn't these days though, John. £120,000 a week with Everton or Tottenham sounds pretty good. It'd fund your program pretty well. <laughs> it would have. <laughs> yeah, in those days. In those days, but different now. But yeah, it's a, it's a great story. and. Adam, over to you. I mean, pretty inspirational, isn't it? That that kind of story still resonates so heavily now, and and passing it on now. So so working out what we can do with it in terms of, of helping Indigenous youth of today. What do you see out there in terms of the, the possibilities for for football in, in in Indigenous communities around the place? Yeah, for me, it's all grassroots, and you know, John's story is an incredible story. Um, it's quite a familiar story with a lot of our children um, unfortunately and you know I think it takes a lot of resilience um, and guidance but also self-determination for John to have gotten through what he has in his life to be you know the person who he is and you know every Indigenous person that makes something of themselves always has a payback and you know John's payback through the Moriarty Foundation is incredible um, using the you know that one vehicle that drove him and kept him engaged throughout his life, you know, that being um, football. Um, so for me, um, you know, it's taking other Indigenous people to run programs for our people um, to try and make, you know, the next generation of footballers coming through. And I think there needs to be more money. I think there needs to be more uh, involvement from, you know, the FFA, you know, to get behind, you know, the importance of, you know, encouraging more Indigenous footballers to come through the pathways. Um, because you know, unfortunately, the the, the pipeline, um, the pipeline of talent is endless, but it's the pathway and the catchments of actually getting the kids engaged. Kids just love to play, and if it's a coke bottle they're kicking around, that doesn't matter if they have to pick it up to kick it or they're kicking it along the ground. They want to play, and for me, you know, one thing that the AFL do incredibly well at that grassroots levels is, you know, they give every kid the opportunity to do kickstart. And when they do that, they give them a backpack, a drink bottle, a football for them to have. Now that gives them all the tools they need to go out the backyard when they get home and kick the ball. You know, giving every um, kid in community a round ball to kick um, with. You've always got two posts out there that you use for AFL goals that can be used for football goals. Um, and the kids make it their own. And it's just about to be able to provide them with the, the, the tools that they need to be doing it 
over and over again. That's where that's where you get the the real talent that starts to shine through. It's just that repetitiveness of kicking over and over again, playing over and over again. So the talent's endless. It's just about putting the 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 money, the time, the effort into creating those those pathways for those those um, future footballers. Yeah. So when you say Adam that the like you you see communities and it's the the possibilities are endless in terms of the players that might be able to come out of there and, and kids who might fall in love with the game. What what makes you say that? Is is it just that they automatically just want to play a sport and want to be involved in a team setting with their friends? Is, is, is it as simple as that or is it something else? No, so, you know, I think to put it in clear terms, Adam, um, I had relatives who were far better talented sports people than I was growing up. Um, they'd always jump on my head. They'd always dodge and weave around me. Um, you know, put the right programs in community and keep these kids engaged in those programs and keep them engaged in schooling. And schooling has a massive part of the JMF program, which I really love. Education is the key. Whether they're playing sport is a, is a completely different from, for me, but sport for me was a vehicle. And from what I saw um, out in community, there is endless talent. And people might say, oh, Adam Goods was a talented footballer. Well, I'm telling you right now, there were so many more talented sports people in my community where I come from and other communities that I saw that would absolutely tell me up. So the talent's out there. It's about how we best engage them and how we keep them engaged and, and use the sport as the vehicle to not only help them with their schooling, but to keep them engaged in learning more in the sport as well. So would you say that you moving to that small Victorian town where there was a, a club structure in place in AFL or, or footy, that may moulded you into having the ability to, sh- to showcase your talents and, and build off there as opposed to those other relatives that you were talking about? Yeah, well, it's it's, you know, pure chance that John was, you know, that the, the boarding house where he was living, um, the boys' home, was across the road from a soccer pitch. Yeah. Pure chance. Whereas for me, I grew up playing soccer. I moved from South Australia when I was 13 to a small Victorian town called Mervine. And by pure chance, the only soccer game that was on was a senior soccer game. They didn't have junior soccer. Um, My mum didn't want me to play. I was a 13-year-old Indigenous boy. She didn't want me to play um, at that senior level. And by chance, directly across the road was an under-14 AFL game. And she said, why don't you give AFL a go? And that's that's those sliding door moments, right, where if that had been an under-14 soccer game, I was signed up, ready to go. See you later. AFL would have been completely behind me. But because there was no junior soccer program at this small town, um, then, then I was lost to the game. Um, and I was, you know, given an opportunity to play a sport that would end up being, um, you know, a career, 18-long um, career for me. So it's incredible to think of those sliding door moments, you know, how, how many other um, moments are we missing out on, you know, this talent going to other sports because the programs are um, built into the communities to, you know, really help them, you know, try lots of different sports, but, you know, stay committed to the one sport that they love. And John, um, back to you. I guess this this program for you is is taking if out of the equation. It's like taking the, the possibility if we had something like this, maybe there might have been a chance of, 
are progressing in a certain sport or a certain aspect of life because there's an education element to um, JMF and, and the foundation is in a greater sense that you've got. Um, how much how much of a requirement is there from people around and, and, and help that you need to, to try and get this moving uh, at this stage? With um, our program, um, I think we're on, on the move now. But um, as you know, we raise our own finance and we're doing very well in that area. But uh, we need to uh, get to the communities and build them up. But above us is, because we do uh, 6 to 16, it's uh, the uh, kids have to move on from there. And uh, while, we're, while we've got people like, uh, kids like um, Shay Evans that came through our program, she's 18, she's doing university now, but uh, uh, she's um, uh, done a great deal for herself, played for young Matildas, and she's um, if, uh, moved on. But with our program, uh, we can't move at this point. Uh, we don't move on from the year 16 group, but we would like them to uh, move into an area that's, uh, uh, I suppose, uh, an environment like Adam described um, to uh, get Aboriginal kids moving on with their program educationally and with their game. Geography is a bit of a problem in Australia because the joint is so bloody big and it's it's hard to get around, John. How do you cover off, get into the communities that you, you see that you need to? And I know there's a connection with Dubbo because two, I think it's two boys um, recently trialled with Westfield Sports High to, to maybe come down to Sydney and, and test the waters here with their football. Two very talented um, brothers who are great footballers, but it's going to be a difficult situation to, to maybe get them to adjust to city life as opposed to being out in, in Dubbo. How do you see that and, and getting um, out there, staying connected with these young players and, and making sure that they have a pathway? Yes, it is important for them to have a good home life uh, and uh, have that security behind them uh, so that they can move forward, with, not only with their uh, the game, but also with their life uh, desires as well, with the, being an adult and where they should uh, go on from there, from the sporting area. So I think it's one of those areas where uh, we still hope that uh, they can get support um, like Adam got while he was down there in Victoria and because uh, his mum was there and so on with his family. So they, uh, that was good. But a lot of our kids uh, coming from remote areas uh, will find it a lot more difficult in that sense. How has it worked for Shay then? Because one of my favourite moments of the football season last season was seeing her score that goal and that massive, beautiful smile of hers when she did and all her teammates were around her. And how has she been able to adapt um, and, and get to the stage where she's at with not only her football but her life as well? Uh, we had her placed in a, a lovely family home at uh, Engadine, and uh, that did a tremendous amount of uh, good for her for her upbringing with the educational program as well as the football. And they were, uh, um, and it was a godsend for um, for Shay. And that's the sort of support that we think is important. And we've done that with five other kids, but they've moved on. They still play the game, but not at the level that um, Shay's played. But, uh, we'll, uh, but they've stayed with families that uh, give them a good home life 
and uh, enable them to go to school as well as uh, pursue the football side of things. And that family life, I think, is important in that sense for those younger ones. Yeah, what, what, do, you, what do you want for the, the, the young people? That, and obviously not everyone can make it, but what do you want for the young people that come into contact with your program for, for not only sport but life in general moving forward? Well, um, uh, with those uh, previous ones I mentioned, we've had uh, those girls play football but stay in the home, but they're pursuing their education very, very well. But they're still playing sport, but not at the level that uh, Shay has reached. But uh, obviously um, not everyone will uh, get to that stage that Shay has in that so quick a time. But uh, we hope that uh, once we get the program again on the move, like the Dubbo region is on the move, Coranda's uh, on the move, uh, we hope that uh, we'll get some top kids coming through to uh, achieve their aim of being top football players. Yeah, Adam, back to you about that very topic as well. It's not just setting kids up possibly to, to educate them in football and, and get them better footballers, but um, transitioning from childhood and, um, and youth to adulthood moving forward. What do you see as ultra important with relation to Indigenous communities and how that situation can improve in Australia? Yeah, so sport is an incredible vehicle. I've spoken of that already, but, you know, this program isn't about creating, you know, the next Timmy Cahill, Mark Faduka, you know, Mark Swartzer, you know, the next group of, you know, Indigenous female soccer roots. Like, for me, this program is about using sport as a vehicle. Yes, it's creating pathways, but if we can create the love of the game um, within these um, Indigenous participants, you know, this love of the game does not leave you. You know, it has not left me. I'm a 40-year-old man here in Sydney still playing the game. And what have I learned from sport? You know, I've learned a lot about being a good team player. I've learned the discipline of rocking up to training every week, playing my role on the weekend. At whatever level, you still have to play your role for the team. Um, you learn about leadership. You learn about hard work. You learn the ups and downs of winning and losing, um, which teach you a lot about life. So even though you're playing sport, you're learning a lot about life skills as well whilst doing that. You know, looking up to your coaches, um, you know, going through a certain period of your life, playing with the same team. You know, that, that bond that you create through winning premierships, through going through seasons where you don't win a game. You build a bond and this bond and love of the game is, you know, what we want these kids to attach themselves to. So they've always got that love of the game, whether it's supporting their their local A-League team, their international team, whoever that might be on Man U. Um, but for me, um, you know, this program is about healthy choices, sport being the vehicle, and there are going to be those diamonds out there that we're just going to shoot through the program and end up representing um, us at a national level, which we should be incredible stories. Um, but it's not the reason the program exists. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at that top end and um, I think the figures from a couple of years ago were the Indigenous representation in AFL, 9%. Uh, NRL, 12%. A-League, stroke W-League, around 1%. So there's opportunity for growth in that but the, the the wider ranging things um is is so important this goes across football full stop that keeping kid making sure that when they go into the game it, it, as youth players they come out of it into adulthood still with that 
love and connection of the game is is ultra ultra important and it sounds like from an indigenous point of view that 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 the the knowledge of the game that what it can give you isn't quite out there yet and and maybe jmf can can heighten that somewhat yeah they definitely can but you know i always believe and certainly in the the the, the work field that i'm working in now you can't be something without seeing it. So we need more Indigenous representation at the highest level to encourage more of our younger people to look up and to aspire to be, you know, those sporting people. Um, you know, when Cathy Freeman won the Olympics in 2000, you know, everyone went to track and field. I want to be Cathy Freeman. I want to run like her. You know, you need those role models at that highest level um, being successful, being able to give back and to talk to positive programs like the JMF, to get around, you know, Indigenous Football Week, to raise as much awareness as possible around the importance of football and the love of the game and how we instill that into our communities. You're not, though, going out indoctrinating people about Manchester United, though, are you, Adam? No, no, we're getting better this season. Um, you know, Rashford is, I, I sort of... Um, you know, got a soft spot for him. You know, I like to, I'm a striker myself and I like to watch his um, highlights and trying to perform at that level um, on my Sunday um, performances. I'm a little bit off at the moment. I need to work on my speed and my turning. My knees don't turn as well as they used to. But, um, you know, for me, you know, I just love it. And, you know, that love of the game came from playing it at a very young age and, um, playing it for lots of lots of years and learning all the incredible skills and um, you know I just want to pass that on to to other um, young people um, who want to learn who want to listen and who want to have fun and just on Rashford Marcus Rashford you can't help but be impressed about what he is off the pitch as well that is incredible what he's doing over there for for his community over in over in England and that's that's the best thing I think about. Um, having a platform and being a professional athlete is, you know, without you knowing it, you know, you have this power, you have this platform and you have an opportunity to do good with it. And it's great to see people do good things with the platform that they've got. Um, and, you know, Marcus is an incredible athlete, but, you know, he'll be remembered not for the goals he scores for Man United, but for the, the lives and people that he's helping off the pitch. Um, John, back to you about Indigenous Football Week, which is coming up. Um, we're recording this a bit before, but it's coming up next week when this goes out. Uh, just in regards to the, the, some of the special things that are happening, we mentioned at the top there, there's that uh, gala day out at Dubbo on November 14. Um, and there's a few other activities around the place as well. Yes, uh, we're doing it with our kids, uh, with our program, and we'd, we'd like it to expand, of course, but um, uh, we're doing it uh, in those three regions that uh, I mentioned. Uh, and unfortunately, we, we're not expanding past that at this very moment, but uh, the Indigenous Football Week is going to be a great thing for the kids that are involved in the program now. One last one. I'm just... I've got to get there. Um, I've heard it's a bit of a, a long flight and then a bit of a long drive, but I'm happy to cop that because it's obviously a pretty special part of the entire world. But I'm just trying to picture um, kids having a kick of a, a football in your where you grew up, Brulula, um, trying to keep the ball out of those creeks which may or may not have king-size crocodiles in them and things like that. Is is that the scene I'm, I'm getting in my head that it's just a special place and it's... it's um, it's something that 
someone, anyone who likes football and wants to see Indigenous football grow has to go up and witness for themselves? Yes. Well, with our program at Borulula, we have kids uh, uh, playing the game every day. And we have, uh, what, uh, 50, 60, 80 kids playing every day and playing uh, uh, matches because we've got access to a football ground there uh, at, uh, next door to the school, which has um, been a good a bit of a godsend for some of our kids. And uh, we hope that uh, some of those um, kids will come through that program and uh, expand to those uh, things like Adam did with uh, his program. But Borulula, of course, is a very remote community. And um, when you mentioned the river there, uh, there's lots of crocodiles down there. And they're, they're big ones too. So <laughs> we don't swim in that part. But uh, you could see them looking at you on occasion. So you don't get in. But they know who, uh, on the ground, they, they're there all the time with the kids. And we have coaches uh, taking them playing uh, organised games, but also organised training sessions, not only at the school, but also in the uh, field where we have our program. And it's changed that community for the better? I think we have, yes. Uh, well, we've got people like Shay, she's been a real role model for that, for the other kids. And uh, the kids that we'd like uh, to have is uh, some of the boys come through at a good level, you know, and um, it's a difficult uh, e area for them to uh, experience the ordinary life that other kids in bigger towns and you know with lots of other friends and and fields that they can play and uh, uh, we hope that uh, some of those uh, kids with a real talent will come through particularly uh, and our program goes for 50 50 boys 50 girls 50 percent girls so what we would like to bring both uh, uh, groups right through to the top of their achievement uh, uh, potential and we hope that that should uh, come through uh, as soon as possible uh, on the move and hopefully we'll do that uh, sooner rather than later. And Adam over to you about that age group that John was just touching on that school age um, adolescence is not easy for for anyone indigenous communities um, what does it mean for young Indigenous people to, to have that kind of program, would you say, in in front of them for, for just their general wellbeing? Mate, it, there'll be no surprise that we see really good talent come from that community because you've got coaches, you've got a facility. Um, these kids know before school they can go kick the football there. They know after school they can go kick the football there. It's a safe place. Um, it's a place where their people guiding them on the skills that they're learning. They're playing games um, of football. Um, they're going to be spending so many more hours kicking the ball than some of the Metro kids here. Um, and you, you add on the raw talent that a lot of these Indigenous um, um, people have in the communities that, you know, it's really going to um, uncover some incredible talent. And, you know, they're the sorts of um, programs that, you just, you just can't mirror um, here in our metro areas where you can just provide that sort of, um, you know, program that gives these kids an opportunity every night of the week to go kick a football, to play games, structured, um, coaches, 
um, it really is something to, to, to see and um, it's something that I too, Adam, are, are looking forward to getting out there and having a look and even when they tell me I can swim in this part of the river, it doesn't make any sense to me that the crocs are just down one end, why aren't they up this end as well? But you know what, these community members have been living there for a lot longer than the crocs have, mate. So um, for me, you know, you trust that and um, it's just one of those things in the community that, that you trust. I'll tell you one thing, you can jump in first, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Adam Goods, um, thanks so much for joining the, the Fox Football Podcast. Um, I wish you no luck whatsoever with Manchester United, but wish you luck with everything else going on in your in your life at the moment. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Adam. And John Moriarty, um, yeah, I, I can't speak highly enough of you and what you've done with this this program, and, and wish you absolutely every success. And um, just shout out if you need ever need any help with it. And looking forward to Indigenous Football Week, mate. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much, um, Adam. Been a pleasure to have those two guests on the Fox Football Podcast this week, brought to you by EA Sports FIFA 21, and we'll catch you next week for more football chat.